You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. I love this intro. I want to learn how to play like a guitar player. Yeah, air guitar. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. Those are the completely wrong. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thing is for doing. We are here doing Forever Young Parenthood <laughs> Season Five, Episode Three: Nipple Confusion. I am your host, Marissa Serafini, and with me, I have my partner in crime, Tiana Hobson, and I just looked at the name of the episode and started laughing because you said <laughs> nipple. <laughs> what are you, 12? I'm a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is called nipple confusion for many reasons, but we'll get there. I'm so oh, glad. like the dorm room. Okay, sorry. Just all, it's all coming. I just all watched the episode, back. so now it's all like making sense. All the nipples involved. <laughs> you had time to process. Yeah, having time to process. All right, sorry, it's late. I, I wonder how many times you can say nipple without you laughing to me. <laughs> there we many. go. There we go. All right, so let's just get into this episode. Christina and her campaign. We have uh, Heather, you know, still being that assertive boss. We got to do this, we got to do that for your campaign. But she ends up spending a lot of Christina and Adam's money. She does. I mean, the way she just kind of, you know, oh, that must be this, and goes to the door and is like, oh, I need a credit card, and signs it and gives the receipt. I mean, that was, I mean, there's taking, you know, being like the assertive campaign manager, and then there's being overbearing and just complete control. And I get why she's doing it, but at the same time, I wonder if she's sat down and had a conversation, like, how much are you guys willing to put into this campaign out of your own pocket before it's too much? Because she just, I mean, everyone says it's easier to spend someone else's money than it is yours. And right that's now, true. yeah, and right now she's having a lot of freedom spending their money without really talking to them about a budget. Uh-huh. And, but my thing is, when you're going into a campaign, Christina knows all this, or at least she should know, that mm-hmm. before you start, you should always have a sit-down meeting, be like, budget, this is how much we're going to spend for here, this is where you're going to allocate your money. And I'm kind of surprised that it doesn't seem like they did that yet, that they're just spending, and granted, you're, you're in a business, and you have to spend money to make money, mm-hmm. or to get somewhere in life if you want to get you have to put some money in to get so much more back if you really want it and see it that way yeah but i'm just surprised that they didn't it seems like they didn't really budget yeah and i mean it's obvious too because you know adam's taking it upon himself to go over her budget and make some budget cuts you know at work so that they can because he's freaking out about it um i think that it's something like she said later on in the episode you know she did kind of she has this whole I beat cancer's butt kind mm-hmm. of mentality. So she just she did just jump into it without really thinking things through. And this is something that it's still not too late that they can still go back and be like, okay, like let's involve everyone and like 
get everyone on the same page is what they need to do, especially with finances. Because, like Adam's major concern is, you know, like, this is all coming out of their pocket Pocket. right now. They're not being reimbursed for anything yet. And they need to start thinking smart. But, I mean, I love that Christina finally called him out on the whole luncheonette thing. Yes, and and I was just going to bring that up. What do you think of Adam kind of inserting himself into the budget? Granted, it is his money, too. I think it was right that Adam stepped in and be like, we're overspending, we need to look over everything. But what do you think of Christina's reaction to Adam kind of inserting himself and, and then kind of accusing him, you're not a, you're not really with me, you're yeah. not supporting me? I could see both sides. I understand why Adam did it because that is Adam. Adam is a businessman, so he always has to have a plan. He likes things worked out ahead of time, and he likes to be organized. So... And Christina knows this about her husband, so she knows that him doing this isn't really that outside of his character, and it's nothing new for her to hear. But I think what just stings her more is that, you know, this is very rushed, and while she's still already not... She's not feeling support from him, so him doing this behind her back just kind of kind of makes her feel even... Yeah, it's another jab at her, because she's taking things more personally, because she already knows that he's not really in this 100%. And then Mm -hmm. you're going behind her back and going over her finances. It's like, okay, cut me a break. You know, I know there are some things that are being done the wrong way, but support me still and it will be better. Yeah, and we saw Adam's previous job. He he used to be a manager for TNS Shoe Business and one night he had to deal with uh, managing money and finances and stuff. So it's actually... Adam's character to really just insert and be like, hey, something's wrong here with finances. I'm going to help. And, like, I see Adam's point of view. Like, he wanted to do it for Christina. And he had good intentions. Yeah. But, unfortunately, Christina kind of turned around and be like, you're not helping me. Mm -hmm. You don't. You're against me. He definitely meant for this to be a nice gesture. He thought he was helping out a little bit more to relieve some of the tension and all the spending that was happening. Of course, it didn't quite go. But, I mean, like I said, I'm so proud of Christina for bringing up the luncheonette because that's something I've been saying. You know, she was so supportive and they were spending all this money when that was getting started and not getting anything in return. And it has ended up working out. So this can still work out. So I was very, very happy that she finally said, you spent a bunch of money, like 10 times more Mm -hmm. on the luncheonette. And I supported you through all that when we were having financial issues. Yeah. And so it just goes to show that they both still are kind of like there with finances. But I loved how at the at the end of the episode, the kind of result would be like, all right, I'll let you spend as much as you need. And then he, <laughs> he kind of begrudgingly hands his credit card over. And Christina's he ended up giving like, the whole wallet. I was like, yes. Yes, like card here, card here. Then just take the whole wallet. <laughs> it's like, yes, way to guilt your man into getting what you want, girl. <laughs> and then did you catch her line? This is better than sex. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, that, that was funny. So um, hopefully... We don't really see any more financial problems, mm-hmm. but maybe we'll see more problems that are sure to come up throughout this campaign. And I want to see more of Heather because she's around, but she's not really, you know, we don't really know that much about her yet still. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really want to see more of where her character is coming from so that I know if she's, you know, just a busy or if she's just, or if she's just a, an assertive, assertive person. Yeah. Um, I think she'll... She'll add more to the campaign. She might mess things up, too, along the way. 
I think she's an interesting character. So I just want to take this quick moment to uh, please everybody, if you're listening on iTunes, please go rate and comment. This is still a brand new show. We do have a panel here. Uh, unfortunately, Danica Kennedy's not with us tonight, but she'll be back next week. Yes, she will. And so please just keep rating, keep commenting, let us know your thoughts of all these episodes and all these crazy bravermans. And apparently, we got some reviews on iTunes, a lot of yes. five stars. Uh, Kareen won gave us five stars and said, I've been looking for ages for uh, a parenthood podcast, and this is awesome. And then also a quick shout-out to Barbat14. She's he or she um, said, thank you guys for fighting for this after show because I did fight, and I got <laughs> thank you, finally Marissa. convinced Phil <laughs> to give us a parenthood after show, and yet here we are. And we have a great panel to boot. They also said, so thank you. Please keep rating, keep commenting. Also on YouTube as well. We read all the comments and we will respond. So just keep doing that and keep having AfterBuzz grow as a network. Yes. And I'll bring you all more after shows. And while you're on iTunes, you can also download Adventures of Serial Buddies, a great, funny, comic, comedic movie with Maria Menounos that was like Serial Buddy Killers on a spree, killing people, having fun. It's hilarious. Yes, a bunch of great people in it. Beth Bears, Artie Lang, Kathy Lee Gifford, huge names. Huge names. Huge names. The Go list rent. Is on there. Yes, you can buy that on DVD or download it on iTunes. And also, all the proceeds go back into AfterBuzz and keeps the lights on and keeps us doing. Because we'd hate to do our shows in the shows. dark. You couldn't see our beautiful faces. I know. We have so many <laughs> lights here. Like, how, how could you not see us without them? So, please do that. And it's great funny movie to boot so yes uh let's go into sarah that poor girl sarah i you know i what? love sarah i love sarah <laughs> and plus i love lauren graham um i love how sarah's kind of getting her life back together it, it seems like in this mm-hmm. season um, we see her in this episode she wants to film or shoot photos for or headshots for christina's campaign and Christina's a little on the fence, being like, I'd rather want a professional photographer. Mm-hmm. Credit. Christina's going to really <laughs> need a really good headshot for this campaign. Everyone's going to see it. Yeah. So this is really Sarah's time to shine. I felt bad for her when, I mean, as a family member who's someone who's trying to make it in this, the fact that they kept saying we need a professional when you know, Sarah is a professional <laughs> photographer. <laughs> it's kind of a stab at the gut a little bit every time they say it. You know, I cringed every time I heard it because you know Sarah, she is one of those people, like Hank said, who is flighty. Flighty. Yeah. Flighty. Um, we're making up words now. <laughs> um, but That's what he said. she's had a lot of jobs in the past. She's finding her groove now. She's actually stuck to this for... Sometime, you know, she worked for Hank and now she's working for herself. She dealt with crazy cat lady at the birthday party in the park. You know, she's she's paying her dues and just needs a break. And sometimes as family, I felt like Christina especially should have understood where she was coming from because mm-hmm. Christina's the underdog in this election. No one knows who she is. No one, her husband kind of doesn't believe in her. She feels like everyone's, you know, no one believes she can actually win. Uh-huh. And Sarah needs a win right now. And Sarah did have the line be like, uh, what she said, that I I can bring out all your best qualities mm-hmm. in you like no one else can because I know you. Exactly. And I think that's a great treat for a photographer if they actually know you. Mm-hmm. It helps relax you more. Of course, in this case, it didn't. 
go go like that. But usually, you know, the photographer knowing you, they know what to say to get you to react in good ways. And you're just more comfortable because you can be so vulnerable when you're in front of the camera that, you know, sometimes having someone back there who you know and trust is is a very good feeling. Exactly. And so what did you think of Sarah's selling point and showing her crazy portfolio of all these crazy cat animal (laughs) pictures? Not sure... For me personally, that would have worked just because I'm socially awkward around animals and pets in general. Um, but, you know, it's you. It's what she had. So you got to show what you got sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and But she did sell it. And, she, and there was lines like that dog tongue and this mm-hmm. one, this cat was cross-eyed. <laughs> but I was able to capture their personality, you know, those fun moments. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's a, actually a good selling point. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think that when you say like, oh, this is kind of a hot mess in these pictures. <laughs> but you you need to look past the what's on the surface be like, Oh, this one seems fun. This one seems outgoing. And that's what Sarah sold Christine and be like, I can bring that out in you and your headshot. And I mean, if you can bring it out in an animal, I think you can bring it out in a human who actually speaks English to you and, you know, can actually communicate better than pets. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And and Sarah also went up to Adam before all this (laughs) and saying that the Wi-Fi is out. How funny was that? (laughs) But then Adam saying, have you actually worked with? Human beings on a photo shoot, <laughs> which I think that's actually a good point. We see at the beginning of season four when she's first starting her photography mm-hmm. job with Hank that she helped with that family photo shoot. So there have been moments here and there. Granted, she hasn't done it by herself yeah. from what we're led to believe, but she has worked in a professional environment, so she can pull it off. Yeah, and she did a great job. The photo that they ended up getting, it was actually a really nice photo. It was strong. It was confident. It was exactly what they needed. The photo shoot itself was, was kind of a chaotic, chaotic. I was having anxiety watching it with everyone talking. I wanted her to kick everyone out the room yeah, and was, just have her and Christina. There really was no need to have Max there mm-hmm. and the baby. Granted, that also helped bring out Christina's personality. She is running for education, for family mm-hmm. reforms and whatnot. So I, I did kind of like that they were there, but they weren't needed just too chaotic and so and building that chaotic environment just shows we're expecting a really bad picture from Sarah but it actually turns out to be really good headshots yes and sometimes you know in the middle of a storm you can find that one gym that comes out and they got it and Hank even approved so <laughs> yeah that's even better Sarah goes to Hank to borrow all the equipment I did like how they had like real photography equipment there was a light meter and all there so like I don't know that's just me nerding Marissa's out. nerding out <laughs> me nerding out sorry I'm <laughs> film school alright and then so I, I like the headshots Christina yeah it could really hopefully this I mean in, ho- you know she just needs that Sarah needs that one shot and her getting credit for taking Christina's photo could open up a lot of business Mm-hmm. If people see that and are like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to have my photographer be the same as the mayor's, could open a lot of doors. Yeah, it really could, and get her name out there and build her career. And update her website so that's more than just pets. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> not that taking photos of pets is bad. No, We're not no, saying that. Of course that. not. So let's talk about Sarah's son, Drew. Oh, God. Away at college, having the typical roommate problems. <laughs> I mean... I didn't have dorms, but I had roommates in apartments. And to have, when you're inviting other people into your own private place, you're supposed to be 
there enjoying yourself, working on your own personal stuff, and then when you have someone else come in and disturb that, that's offsetting. It is, and having roommates who bring people back constantly is annoying. Um, I know in college I had some roommates who were like that, and I never got a sock on my door because I think they knew better, (laughs) because you can take that somewhere else. Um, But, you know, I felt bad for Drew because he's such a quiet boy. You know, he's... he's, He's not really confrontational at all, and, you know, his roommate's just kind of fast-talking his way around it, and I didn't go to a school that had lacrosse, so I don't know how big of a sport that is, but he was pulling chicks, and I was like, really? Yeah. Okay. I I thought it was interesting how they paired Drew, who's such a timid, shy guy, with this jock that's outgoing, very rude, and Mm -hmm. really doesn't have the great social manners that... A person should be raised with. Yeah. And I liked how they paired those two and just had this major contrast and difference. I was kind of hoping that Drew would figure the problem out on his own. I didn't necessarily want Amber and Ryan to have to get involved in it because I kind of mm-hmm. thought it would, would have been a great moment for Drew to, I mean, this can still happen too, for him to really get some of his roommate's traits and his roommate to get some of his. Like, they can learn from each other a lot. Um, because they are so different and their qualities could, it could be a great friendship one day. It could. And I, I like, I agree with you. I wish Drew would have stood up for himself mm-hmm. because when you're way at college, this is the time where you're, you're supposed to find yourself. You're supposed to get a figure out how you deal with everyone else around you. And the fact that he had to go to his older sister kind of for help. Mm-hmm. Still shows that Drew isn't hasn't really grown up yet. Yeah, and I felt bad for him because you know his sister is so assertive and like a mother that you know he really didn't have a choice once they yeah, found she, out. She <laughs> just stepped herself. Her and Ryan were right just like, "Oh, there. we got this. We're going. We're just gonna have a talk with them. It's it's gonna be fine." So you really didn't have a choice in the matter. But I still wish that before he had gone there, he really just lost his cool with the roommate and really blown up at him. And if that didn't work then having Amber and Ryan come in would have been. I mean, as much as we would have liked to have seen that, that's really not true to Drew's character. Yeah. We know he's the shy, timid guy, and that he won't stick up for himself. So we're just waiting for that moment where he does really shine. Yes, and because, you know, the quiet ones are always the ones you have to look out for because it's like a ticking bomb waiting to go off. And one of these days, he has to, like, but I like, do something to stand up for himself. Exactly, but I, I admit because I was very much like Drew in high in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I was that quiet person. I would let people walk all over me and like where I am now. <laughs> so, but I loved how Ryan stepped in and be like that's Sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not bro, not bro, not dude. And that that kid, that roommate, just constantly called Drew bro and dude. I'm like, that's kind of rude. Yeah, I mean, and I, I know some people who always say dude and bro, but that's, like, really dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really dude. Really. I call my dad dude. He loves it. No, he doesn't. Um, my dad would upside my head if I called him dude. But I was happy that Drew, you know, after bombing in the bathroom with the girl whose name I didn't catch, um, the bathroom girl, that's what I... That was her, flirting her, with yeah, Drew. Yeah, with us flirting with Drew. I'm, mm-hmm. I was glad to see at the end that he did have her over for a game of Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, and I loved how he, he kicked the roommate out, and the roommate was like, yep, we're good, we're cool. I think the roommate's uh, a little leave. scared now. And then, yeah, a bit, because <laughs> you know you have a sergeant on your side. You should be. But <laughs> And then Drew has placed uh, 
board game. Mm-hmm. You know where that's going to lead to. <laughs> it's never just a game just, of Scrabble, kids. No, it's never just a simple board game. <laughs> I mean, it's college. But <laughs> it usually involves, like, strip Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> just put strip in front of it, and then it's a college game. It's Anyways. a board game. It's a board game. I mean, digress. All right, so Joel and Julia, they're having some problems with Victor, or Victor's having some problems reading. Mm-hmm. They're saying that Victor's reading comprehension, I guess, is a little behind. He's in the fourth grade. He's in the fifth he's grade. He's in the fifth grade, but he can't even have, he doesn't have the level of a fourth grade um, reader. And they're concerned about it. And they're kind of saying that they might have to pull Victor back another year to repeat the fourth grade. And this is such a hard thing. I'm not a parent, but I couldn't imagine having to make this choice. Because, you know, you want your child to succeed. They already have friends. They're, you know, acclimated to their surroundings. And then especially on top of it, you know, his sister's in the fourth grade. So -hmm. if he were to go down, then they're now in the same grade. And it's hard for him because he doesn't understand. So I would never want to be in their position. And it's a very tough decision to make. And so you can see where the drama comes from within it. And also, Victor, he just went through an adoption in the past year. He's had family troubles, and that kind of reflects in his schoolwork. Mm-hmm. He probably wasn't at the best schools Exactly. Either. He did, probably didn't get the proper education at home as well when he's supposed to be working on mm-hmm. homework and whatnot. So I can completely understand why he might be behind in his reading level. Yeah. And Julia's biggest concern is that, you know, she's been working with him all summer. They've been reading every night. She's tutoring him every day and she's not seeing an improvement and then you have you know joel and we have joel c- kind of uh, placating to him not really helping and this was the same thing that happened all last season with um before victor was adopted too you had joel being the easygoing fun guy and julia always had to come down and be the hard hitter and yeah she's the bad cop. yeah and she's the bad cop all the time so that's I, a little bit of the reason why her and victor weren't getting along at first and now she finally has this relationship with him and the fact that she can still be impartial to that and make a clear decision first of all she's a lawyer so she's she's she looking at the facts a, yeah she's a. looking at the facts she's leaving emotion out of it and this is what she thinks is the best thing for their son and clearly they don't agree on that yeah and we also saw that kind of the same issue with amber at the very first season mm-hmm. when they said amber might be held back and Look where that happened. So I like I never was held back or anything, mm-hmm. but and I know a lot of parents struggle with that. And the, if their kids are kind of progressing as fast as the other, or as the, at the same pace as the other students, they're going to have those same concerns. Exactly. And I mean, I, I was literally um, speech delayed when I was a kid, but I. I was fine. I wasn't held back or mm-hmm. anything, but I eventually I progressed like yeah. everyone else. He's playing catch up right now, and I think as soon as he catches up, he will then be able to exceed and even probably surpass some of his fellow classmates. It's just hard on him right now because even at the end when he was reading out loud, you could really hear that you know he clearly has a lot of room for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that I think? hiring maybe another tutor why not try it why not listen to the teacher's plan you know take a month and kind of see where he's at after that if there's any improvement and sometimes as parents you can be so close to a situation that maybe 
the way Julia's teaching him isn't working for him. So you bring in an outside opinion and get a tutor in there. There maybe their method might be a little bit different, and Victor might respond better to it. And and also, start- and I think it just goes to having family time, actually learning together, mm-hmm. not just by yourself and like indiv- singling out one person and having it that way. Sometimes you learn better in groups yeah. and l- learn better as a family. When I grew up, we always had reading sessions and whatnot, and mm-hmm. it, it, it helped with reading. Like, when everyone's there reading the same thing and talking about the same thing, that helps. M- kind of makes someone, like, learn yeah, better. Yeah, because you're around your peers. And, and Julia talking to Ed, was that his name? Ed, I yeah. still have other dad. Ed. Um... <laughs> What what do you think of that? Julia kind of, and it seemed like a moment of weakness where she just blurted out her emotions, her frustrations to Ed. I think it's a sign of where Julia and Joel's relationship is right now. He's clearly not around as much because he's working Mm -hmm. a lot more and she doesn't feel like she can talk to him about it because he's not feeling it. You know, he's, he's dead set against it and she just wants to bounce some ideas off. Do I think it was a little bit of mer- vomit? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Do I think that she should have stopped after that? Yeah. But she also needs to talk to someone about it. Why she didn't choose to go to family mm-hmm. about it. I think First. that keep it in the circle, you know, go talk to your mom and your dad. See if they had to go through any of those with probably Crosby or someone, you know, not to throw Crosby under the bus. But yeah. And again, it's. Ed kind of inadvertently inserting himself into Julia and Joel's problem Mm -hmm. again. And, you know, he remembered a lot about Julia, you know, that she was a lawyer and what she used to work on. So Mm -hmm. I wrote down in my notes that he's actually a good listener. Or is he? Is he just listening well to her because he likes her and his marriage is in shambles right now, too? Or, I mean, maybe if you listen to your own wife, you wouldn't be hidden on Julia, Ed. Go back home. But I think it's just because Ed and Julia see eye to eye. And that's where they can just say everything they want together. Because they have that understanding, that mutual understanding. And Julia and Julia don't have that right now. And mm-hmm. so that's why Julia's going to Ed, blurting everything that she shouldn't. And Joel's getting kind of upset, too. Well, why don't you just speak to Ed about it? What does he think about it? Yeah. I mean, but, you know, one thing I did notice when they were talking to the teacher in the beginning of the episode... Um, Joel kind of volunteers Julia. He's like, oh, well, Julia's not working right now, so she has more time. She can work with Victor more. And Julia kind of gave him a look as in, I'm already doing that. You don't know what I'm doing when you're not home. And then when they're talking again, it's kind of brought up again how Julia kind of takes a stab at him because she says, I'm here with him every day. I have a better idea of where he's at. You don't see it. And it brings up you know, the role reversal that we talked about last week, how Joel used to be the one at home and he never used that against Julia, but now Julia kind of was trying to use it against him, saying that she knew the kids a little bit better. Yeah, and, and I, they talked about it. I liked how they touched upon that, too. But And they were reading Island of the Blue Dolphins. And I yeah. don't know about you, I read that in seventh grade in grade school, not fifth grade. But I can't I feel like I read it in junior high school more than elementary. Yeah, I read it in seventh grade because I remember the plot point very well. But <laughs> it was a good book. Just go read it. <laughs> so do you think Victor will get held back? It doesn't seem like it because the way they ended their storyline, they're working together, hopefully mm-hmm. um, getting him 
back to speed. Yeah, I don't. He should be. At this point, I don't see him getting held back. But if he did, that would create another storyline for, you know, Victor and that whole family. Because then he has to deal with being the same grade as his sister. And we all know that she can rub that in his face because she. Oh, yeah. And Sydney's really smart. Yeah, and so. Sydney's really smart. So it was nice to see her, though, at the end when Victor was struggling with that word. And she goes, good job, Victor. That was a hard one. Yeah. It's like, way to be supportive. And exactly. Having that family support behind mm-hmm. you can also help you enhance your learning ability. All right. So, with that, let's talk about Crosby, <sighs> Crosby. and their lovely baby, Aida. Oh, Crosby. So, Aida being a typical baby, crying a lot, having problems with breastfeeding with uh, Jasmine, mm-hmm. not taking the nipple. sorry (laughs) i thought i was gonna hold it in that time (laughs) obviously not but and then so they're having problems with feeding the baby and jasmine just wants to take a break so crosby's taking all over she just wants a nap that poor girl yeah i can't imagine being a new mom i yeah i understand that i mean i don't understand being a new mom but wanting to just have that 10 15 minutes in a bath by yourself just enjoy yourself and what i love about crosby's character throughout this whole thing is you know he's learning how to be a father to an infant and we've never seen him with the baby he's kind he kind of reminded me of myself because he's so fascinated with you know the breastfeeding pump and he doesn't (laughs) really know what to do with the baby he's not feeling that connection i feel like most guys are like that yes like usually the, the the from what i've seen the women they're all okay with it, and they're like, yeah, you do this and this. But guys are so fascinated by it. Like, what is this? A new toy or whatnot? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, he has no idea what he's doing kind of with mm-hmm. this kid. And I was just thinking, don't they offer parenting classes while you're pregnant that you can go to to kind of prepare yourself for what's to come? I feel like Crosby skipped every day. And didn't go to any <laughs> Yes. The more you know. The more you know. That's true. I mean, but if, if you think about it, Crosby wasn't there when ja- uh, when uh, Jabbar. Jabbar was a baby. So he didn't, he wasn't there for the whole breastfeeding process. Yeah, whatnot, that's what I thought, so. you know, as a, he, him and Jasmine would go take these classes together, maybe before the baby came to just prepare themselves, especially Crosby, because... He really has no idea what's going on. But I love yeah. it. I love watching him. I love that He's such a good dad. He and is. when he, there was that moment he was feeding the baby at near the end, he's like, now, your mom's got boobs, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, I'm always going to be there for you. And granted, the baby has no idea what he's saying. But mm-hmm. he is genuine, and he's trying his best to be the best dad. And I love that, you know, that came after his conversation with his dad, where he opened up to his dad about not really feeling... A connection with Aida and how, you know, he, when he met Jabbar, he was already five and it was an instant thing. And Zeke makes him feel so much better because, hey, you know, girls are different. Girls are yeah. more difficult and, you know, you have to walk on eggshells sometimes. But the most important thing is that, you know, they know that you love them. And so I think That's hearing that from him. his dad really helped him to be able to come back to the baby and be able to connect with her. Finally. And I love the moment where Crosby and Zeke were in the car, just, like, playing again, playing with (laughs) the different nipple tops. (laughs) So it goes to show men are fascinated by it. It's, like, 
whole new no world. matter what age they are fascinated <laughs> with boobs and nipples <laughs> it's it's a thing so uh and then speaking of zeke him and Camille, they're still on the fence about if they want to sell the house or not. Zeke, he goes out and buys a GTO. Yeah. And Camille knows that, oh no, this is a whole nother year-long project that you brought to prolong this decision that we're thinking of. And yeah. You only brought this so you can work on it and keep you here longer. Yeah. This episode, when he brought that car in, it immediately made me get a little bit concerned about Zeke and Camille because she so adamantly wants to start, you know, her second act and third get on <laughs> or her third act. That's what I meant. Um, and, you know, sell the house and go travel and see the world and come back and visit and whatnot. And Zeke, he explains finally, after finally opening up, you know, he's reminiscing about this house and where all the kids grew up. And he's like, Hey, this is all I want. It's right here with you. And she says, I want more. Yeah. And so that makes me really concerned Yeah, that, about them. That questions uh, their relationship because usually, well, from what I think, that when you've been together for so long and have had and gone through so many things with so many kids and have all these stories, you're usually on the same page at this at that same point in your life. But right now, they're, they're really not. Camille wants mm-hmm. more. She wants to travel. She wants to go out. She wants to sell the house have finances so they could go travel and see the world. and But Zeke just wants to stay in one place. And I think Zeke is being a little bit selfish on this point because when they were talking, he was, you know, he was in the armed forces, so he's seen the world. He's been to all these places. Camille mm-hmm. was so young when they got married and started having babies. She hasn't got to go experience these things. So it's kind of selfish on his end that he doesn't want to go see these things because he's already done it. When his wife hasn't, he should want to go, well, you know what? I haven't seen these things with you. So that will make it a new experience and a new thing for me to discover. My thing is, I think they might, this might go into a little prediction territory, but I think they might sell like things here and there so they can save up finances, save up money so they can go travel, like Mm -hmm. go on a two week cruise or something here and there, or go, go travel to this place on locations, not necessarily moving their whole lives, Mm -hmm. but but being able to travel here and there. That's the compromise, yes. Yeah, so th- that'd be a nice compromise. That would be two. a nice compromise. But I'm totally Team Camille because I want to travel and see the world too. And to do it with I the love. <laughs> yeah, to do it with the love of your life, why not? That seems like the perfect plan. But I don't know. I'm just a little confused or concerned because, you know, she really wants to do it. He really wants to stay home. Who's going to break first? I feel like Camille's mm-hmm. not backing down. Doesn't seem like it. And I feel like it's something Camille will go off and do without him. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I, I think, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, we'll just leave it there. Um, let's go into some news and gossip. After Buzz yeah. TV News. So I watched uh, Lauren Graham and Ellen DeGeneres yeah, um, awesome last week promoting her book and whatnot. That, that, was, that was fun. And uh, also she's going to be, appear on Jay Leno tonight as well, October 10th tonight. Mm-hmm. Today's. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to watch it after this after show. So. <laughs> yeah. I saw the preview for it. I was kind of like, ooh, can I skip the show <laughs> real quick so I can watch this? So, uh, do you have anything else? Um, no. 
I thought I had something, but I forgot to bring it in here, and I can't remember off the top of my head. So I'll I'll report on that next week. And I just gotta say, I did watch the the Rugrats (laughs) Funny or Die video. That was crazy. It's dark and twisted, right? Yeah, especially uh, like if you're our generation in the the young twenties and whatnot, you would understand the Rugrats reference Mm -hmm. and how dark and twisted it is. But it it is funny and entertaining. I just suggest anyone to go out. And it was just fun to see May and Sarah. Kind of working together. Yeah. Yeah, because we haven't seen Hattie yet mm-hmm. this season. I'm going to miss she's going to come back. Yeah. Halloween, Thanksgiving episode. Thanksgiving. You know, they have vacations at school at Sarah and Lawrence. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's go predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. All right. Tiana, what do you think is going to happen? All right, so I have written down, I already said this, but I'm very concerned for Zeke and Camille because I feel like you hear about couples all the time once the kids are actually out of the house and they're it's just them that that's when they realize that they have nothing left in common and the kids were the one thing keeping them together. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to see them split up, but you do hear about late life separations all the time and I could see something like that happening just to throw a wrench in the storyline. Um, I also, based on the previews for next week, I can see that Sarah is still struggling to support her daughter's wedding um and i feel like she'll find a way to maybe get uninvited to the wedding and that would be the worst thing oh my god possible for her that'd to... be like another mother-daughter separation that lauren graham would have with her character that'd be terrible yes, they would... cannot speak for ni- nine months yeah Just that would saying. be horrible and then we cannot i have another lorelei yeah (laughs) we don't need any more of those um and then my last prediction is just i want drew and bathroom girl to hook up hook up well because i think he needs he had a rough high school experience with (laughs) with his love life and he needs a good girl in his life he needs someone because walking in on your sister and her fiance (laughs) about to have sex Mm -hmm. is kind of a cry like yeah, maybe I need someone of my. But on that's my own. so normal. Like, if you have siblings, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's typical for me though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I think to to go off the the Camille Zeke separation, we kind of saw that in the first season when yeah. Zeke. We find out that Zeke was cheating on mm-hmm. Camille, but Camille still stayed. So even if they did have a, a later in life's kind of separation, I don't think they would actually divorce or get separated they might just not speak to each other for a little bit or just have this riff but i don't think they'll actually separate okay because i think that's just a storyline we've already seen already mm-hmm. with those two and they've been together so much that we kind of just hope that the they're the older adults relationship that we should look to yeah i just hope zeke snaps out of it and takes his woman on a trip and then we also see in the previews that twenty thousand dollars kind of bribing christina out of her campaign i don't think christina would take it she has strong values and morals i don't think she would do it no i don't think it's against everything she's kind of campaigning and running for Mm -hmm. and that's not the kind of person that she is so she better not take it yeah i think she'll take the high road and then amber and sarah kind of having maybe a little disagreement about this whole marriage and we see uh, Amber say, I'm not you. But it's like, we know you're so alike. You yeah. and Sarah, they're, they are so alike. They're it's so like, they really like, are. That's why they can't get along, because you're the same person. They really are. Yeah. So I I think that'll be a whole 
interesting fight that'll go down, but hopefully in the end that we'll still see Sarah still invited to the wedding. And, and Ryan's family's not coming. Yeah. No one. What happened? I, I was really hoping to meet someone. Well, and we also see in last season when Ryan was going through his whole PSTD that he was speaking to Zeke. He wasn't speaking to his family or yeah, any or he, any friends. So it shows that maybe Ryan doesn't really have any backup yeah. support family. And he chose not to go home for what holiday was that? Christmas? Yeah, he can't, he was supposed to spend Christmas with them because you know he decided not to go home. Yeah. So so clearly there's something going on in his family. Maybe we'll get. To see a little bit of that. And if Ryan gets married to Amber, he'll have a whole family to... Full of drama. With. Like, don't worry. that The Bravermans <laughs> will make up for his lack of family support system. So, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, please go on to iTunes, rate and comment. You can follow AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tiana, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Tiana Hobson. And you have a few other after shows. And you can find me on the Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Parenthood, and Castle After Shows here at AfterBuzz TV. And Vampire Diaries. And, well, that was just tonight. What? Well, here and, there. and here and there on Vampire Diaries. <laughs> Boom. There you go. So many shows. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafina TV. And also on the Glee, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. This one and engineering all the other ones behind the booth. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, (laughs) Phil, for engineering this amazing after shows, and we will see you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.